You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And once the season was over, we reached out to the Chiefs and we said, hey, you know, we want to we want to keep it going. Tyreek wanted to be there. You know, Tyreek wanted to be in Kansas City. That's that's but, you say that again. Tyreek wanted yeah, Ty- to be in KC. Wanted wanted to be in KC. We, we, we tried to do an extension with that. Tried, man. So I got a follow up question yeah. on that. This wasn't a situation that you demanded a no. crazy amount of money, See, right? No, this I was a situation mm-hmm. where you know what you're capable of. Drew knows what you're capable of. Correct. The team knows what you're capable of, but they just didn't utilize you. Oh, baby. Welcome in, baby. Oh, I love it. I love it. Don't you look at those smiling faces. <laughs> look at Steve Sertis smiling. Look at BK smiling. This is a beautiful show and BK on the Chiefs. We're back at it again as uh, as we're unloading these. Uh, these. What are we doing this, Sertis? A couple times a month that we're doing? We're, we're, yes. We're, we're I, blessing... I, I, we're blessing the people with what is clearly the best podcast on the Arrowhead Pride Networks. I say that because I just want to make Serta uncomfortable. Um, but uh, this is clearly the best podcast that we have going uh, today in Kansas City, and I don't care what anyone says it right oh, now. Yeah. Right on. Have you read the reviews? <laughs> yep, they love them. They love they love them, and they're listening. Yeah, the reviews. I always love uh, listening to Pete go through the reviews very slowly to make sure. All right, what's <laughs> about to come here, and what are they about to say about Ron? Like you can yeah, always right. feel when that that's is right. about to come out of his mouth, where he's like, "Oh, and uh, they've got some comments about Ron here." <laughs> and, and listen. And the folks keep commenting. You know when you comment, <laughs> you are a P1, as they would call in the business. You love us. You love us. And you're entertained and you know it. All right? And 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 listen, Pete's a sucker anyway. He's going to just read the ones that make me look bad and bypass all the, all the good ones. But uh, we do right, man, we're the five stars, though. You can keep leaving five stars and just talking trash. It's okay. Yeah, and you can completely kiss my ass with other stars left. So. <laughs> All of the others, right? Yep. Long crack, kiss it all day long. All wow. right. Uh, it feels like, speaking of kissing ass, that Tyreek Hill is on a kiss my ass tour towards the Kansas City Chiefs as he's now uh, unleashed starting podcasts and everything. That's what happens uh, when you get to Miami. Um, and uh, so he's, he's got this podcast. And by the way, um, as we sit here today and record, don't ask uh, uh, Andy Reid about this. Jesus. Boy, don't don't make sure you hold that in about Andy Reid with these, because Andy Reid don't want to hear nothing about Tyreek Hill and these podcasts. All right, so make sure you make sure you're smart about that. But Tyreek Hill is um, uh, what's the best way to put it? Maybe in a space of like delusion a bit here. Uh, if, if you missed it, he's got a teaser where he is. Uh, 
He is talking about a lot of things with the Chiefs and how it left, and he had his his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, of course, on there as well. But I think the part that really jumped out to people was he made the he made the tease as if he was underutilized or wasn't used the right way by Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, and company, and the Chiefs, and, uh, and and that he could have been used better. Now, listen, I you know BK probably at that point went to his study lab for like three hours to really break down the usage and everything that he was doing. And then sort of probably threatened to do it and then just had a beer and said, I'm not doing that. Uh, But, but I'll, I'll give it to you guys. To me, when I hear that, that sounds delusional. Um, I felt like a lot of the offense, a lot of it was built around him and trying to to get him the ball, but maybe I'm off. When I hear that, I think delusional. What, what what do you all hear when you hear Tyreek potentially complaining of being underutilized by the Chiefs? You made this reference earlier today, and I think it's a good one. I want to give you credit for it. It sounds a lot like the Kyrie Irving discussion that I heard surrounding Kyrie. Now, you got to remember, this is a different version than Ky- of Kyrie compared to what we now know to be him. This was when he was leaving the Cavs. And the the word around Kyrie was, hey, I want my own team. I believe that I am ready to go out there and do this on my own. I can be my own man. Hmm. That sounds kind of like what you're hearing from Tyree Kill right now. And it's not just what you saw in this podcast teaser. And I got to give him credit, man. As somebody who's in the media, it's a damn good teaser. Like, he got us all interested. We're all talking about what he's doing right now. He's got this new podcast, and it got the attention that he wanted. But it's not just that. He's got the video stuff that he's doing over on YouTube. He is becoming more and more out there publicly. And I do think that is part of the move to Miami. It's easier to do that. I love Kansas City. It's my hometown. I I love that place. It is harder to do what Tyreek Hill is currently doing in KC than it is to do that out of Miami. And that is despite the fact that he's on a better team in Kansas City with a better quarterback and a better coach in Kansas City. And so I find all of this to be fascinating, man. He got the money that he's clearly looking for. He's probably going to get the targets that he's looking for. Although last year he had 160 of them. I did look that up, Ron. You are 100% correct. That was seventh in the NFL. He had 111 receptions. There were only two players in the league that had more than him last year. I don't care what he thought about his usage last year. It's going to be worse this year because he has a worse quarterback this year. He has a worse coach. And I like McDaniel this year. So I find it all to be really strange, man. None of it made sense from the moment that this thing went down. And I know in the podcast teaser, he says repeatedly, and as does his uh, agent, which of course they're going to, hey, he wanted to be in KC. He so badly wanted to be back. They just wouldn't give him the money. Okay. He said it wasn't about money. What he said, it wasn't about, wasn't about the money. If it wasn't about the money, he wouldn't be in Miami. Like, it's just that simple. And I'm not saying he's wrong for it. Go get your no, money. Do what you want to do. Yeah, you got to play. You want to play with Tua, go do it. That's fine. I got no issues with it, no qualms. Everybody go get your money while you can. But for him to suggest that it's not about that is just blasphemy, man. And I... I find it really interesting that this is the route that he's going here. I figured we'd get some of this. I didn't know it was going to be this in your face, though. Serta, what'd you make of this? 
I just don't understand because I mean that that is what they were hinting at, like as if the Chiefs' offense in some way hindered Tyreek Hill's ability to put up numbers and to be a superstar player, like as if he's not a superstar player. Well, we all already know that he is, in fact, that like that kind of wide receiver. Like, what did did he want Cooper Cup targets? Like, is that what yes, he's talking I about? Think, like, I think so. like I he think wanted so. 190 targets on the season because he saw what Cooper Cup did last year, like that's just not going to happen. Like you got Travis Kelsey and you got, and you got Tyree kill and you got Patrick Mahomes. And those were the three cornerstones of your offense last year. Like, I, I don't think that the chiefs offense was holding him back in any way. I, I, I don't really know what all of that means. And the podcast doesn't come out for another week. So we can't really hear the whole conversation, but it, it does just seem to me like there, there was something a little bit more going on here with the relationship between Tyree kill and the chiefs than we really ever led on to that wasn't just winning football games and winning rings and playing with Patrick Mahomes. And now we're going to get a peek at that, I guess. Let's just be honest, man. We've seen this before. I know I have and a lot of different walks in life. This is this to me. And I, I, I I'm not a hundred percent right on this baby, but this is what it looks like to me. It feels like somebody that got to Tyreek Hill, right? Maybe that same person who got to Nick Carter in the Backstreet Boys and said, hey, Nick, man, break away from these dudes, man. These dudes is holding you back. That one dude, Brian, with the hole in the heart, man, he can't out-sing you. <laughs> All them other dudes, man, he can't out-sing you. Same guy who got to Bobby Brown in New Edition. Man, Bobby, man, you can out-sing Ralph – they holding you back. They making you have to wear these all these bright ass colors, looking like John Cena, even though he hadn't been thought of at that time yet. No, <laughs> oh, you need to be humping around, Bobby. It's your prerogative. Like those same people who was in Bobby's ear, and it was in Nick Carter's ear. That's the same people. It feels like somebody that got to Tyreek because he's messed up the plan. We all know what the plan was that everybody is falling into. Patrick Mahomes did his contract in a certain way to keep everybody together because this is the plan. Travis Kelsey could have got more money. Just ask uh, George Kittle, who's pissed off he didn't because he didn't raise the level of what the tight end market should be. He could have gotten more money, but we was all planning coming together. Chris Jones, I think, could have got more money, but we was all sitting here playing together. We was going to make this work. Everybody was going to make this work until somebody got to it. Somebody got in his ear, and you can hear it right now. Man, they ain't using you right. Look at Cooper Cup. Look at all them targets he got. Look at all them touches he got. And they won the Super Bowl. You way better than, than Cooper Cup. Let me really speak into the language of who this person is, I'm guessing. You way better than that white boy. You know he ain't got, you ain't got touches like him. You way better than him. You see how I many touches DeAndre Hopkins used to get in Houston and what he's getting? You need to be getting them touches. You wave it. You made Travis Kelsey. I know he was here and was a pro bowler before you got here, but you made him. Like they not even, they not even, they they not using you right. You got to get it. I just feel like he's had, I've seen this. I feel like he's had somebody in his ear. Like that, whoever that delusional person was who told Kyrie that you can do it without this, without LeBron. Like that person. I know that that's what it looks like. And now he's messed up the plan and everybody decided this. And then Tyreek has gone left. And now he is in, in a delusional space, believing he wasn't used right. There ain't going to be nobody to use you better than what Andy Reid and company did here. 
It ain't going to be. All right. Mike is going to try, but he is limited because he's got handcuffs in his quarterback. Like he's going to try, but you're not like, are you kidding me? Like you have the perfect setup and the perfect situation. Get out of Chad here. Chad Pennington 2.0 now. Like good, good luck. Um, I, I think one of the things that changed for Chad. him. He's a little uh, stronger sure. arm than Chad. Yeah. Let me check that. A little stronger, uh, little stronger arm. I, I, I don't know. Stronger arm, maybe. A little stronger arm, man, than Chad, man. He's it's closer than you would want it to be. Um, the thing that I think changed for Tyreek is that football became less fun for him. And the reason why is because football was really easy for Tyreek Hill when it was. Hey, man, they're just going to let me run. Like, I'm just going to be able to go, and nobody's going to take this away from us. Okay, let's go ahead and do that. I'm going to flip into the end zone. We're going to do all of this high-stepping. Like, this is going to be awesome. And they did that for, like, three years. And eventually, it, and it came abruptly, teams adjusted. And this year, it was different for the Chiefs offense. And I think all of us noticed that in the moment. All of our listeners right now, whoever you are listening to us, we appreciate you. I think you could see it as you were watching the games. It was less fun to watch the Chiefs offense. It was still very, very good. One of the best in the league last year, but it changed. It was less fun and it was less explosive. And I think that it might be part of what he's talking about here. If, I, if I'm if i trying to give him the benefit of the doubt here, maybe that's part of it. He's like, you know what? It used to be I was going on all these deep routes. I was having all this fun. I was the guy that was getting all of these big plays. And now those kind of went away. And in his mind, he's probably thinking that was our offense that changed. And in reality, it's that was the defense dictating what the offense could do that changed. And so what I'm really fascinated to find out, Ron, is as he has to learn what life is like without Patrick Mahomes, without Travis Kelsey, without Andy Reid, he's going to see it's going to be a whole lot of what they did with him last year, maybe even more so. I mean, you asked Jalen Waddle what that offense was like last year with Tua. It was a whole lot of bubble screens and slants going across the middle. And go do what you can do and try to get some yards after catch. That's exactly the kinds of stuff that Tyreek Hill had to do last year when they took away the deep routes. Yeah, I think Jalen Waddle had something like 145 catches for 835 yards. <laughs> yeah, I believe he did set a record as a rookie, and he was getting targets like crazy, but they were no, he, he had well over 100 catches. I think he yeah. barely had 1,000 yards. He would, he, he would literally have games where – Go He'd ahead. have 15 targets and 11 catches for 67 yards. Like, he was South Beach Hunter Renfro. Like, that's what he was. Yeah. Except and Hunter I, ha- except Hunter has to do that. He has <laughs> he has a skill set that he does not have. Well, and Jalen Waddle is a really explosive player if they would actually utilize him. Serta, you can't convince me that somebody's gotten to him in, in his head. Like you can't convince me that someone has gotten to him and Pat didn't keep close enough tabs on Tyree because somebody got to him like you're playing hey, you can't ba- blame Pat on this <laughs> I'm, I'm not blaming him I'm just saying like he was like Pat's competing against these people in his ear this offseason man he's been I want to go to Miami I'm in oh uh, yeah they've been talking to him I can see it too I can see it Ooh, Pat was man. just too distracted by Dieter or, or something hey Pat out Pat you know Pat's life man having a baby congratulations on the second one you know, dealing with, with everything that he's got as he's getting getting older and, and you know, got more responsibilities. And, and you just can't – I mean, he ain't checking enough, maybe. 
I, I think what BK is saying is that I, I think there could be something to that. Like, because there was points last year where Tyreek Hill basically just became a chain mover. Like he, he, he was just uh, catching a bunch of passes in every game, but it was like, he'd have 12 catches for 120 yards because nothing's going over 20, 25 yards or anything like that. And yeah, 12 and, catches for 120 yards. Yeah. I mean, just ugh, not good enough. Yeah. But like Tyreek, you know, he, yeah, he wants the 50 yard touchdowns. He wants the 60 yard touchdowns. And so I think there is something probably to that, but yeah, it's the defense kind of dictating things. And I also think that it's very possible that, there are people around him who are saying like, you know, you came in the league as a fifth round pick because of your past and you didn't make any money out of the gate. You got paid, but you didn't really get paid as much as you could have. And you basically signed a team friendly deal that was really short term. It wound up being because of the situation that was going on at the time. And so now it's, I deserve to get paid $30 million and I don't think the chiefs were really willing to do that. And I think that maybe now we're seeing he's upset that they weren't willing to do that. Like they were willing to go like 24 or something, but once, it, once a conversation got into 30, he was probably upset with them because the chiefs were just like, we're not willing to do that. Like we just simply aren't. All right. They may not have been willing to play to pay Tyreek Hill, you know, I don't. I still don't know if it was that about money, but they they weren't willing. They had a price. It, it, it seems like where they were going to stop, and they would be okay with moving on from Tyreek Hill, understanding the trade that that could happen, and they got a lot of pieces for it. Um, but it does not seem like they are willing to move on from Orlando Brown and Ozus, uh, their left tackle, their Pro Bowl left tackle from last year, who they made the trade with with Baltimore, which. They sent a first and a third round pick. They got a second one back, but they sent two premiums. Uh, and we know first rounds, and then we know the history of the Chiefs in the third round. So I count that as a damn premium pick. They sent that on. At that point, to me, I don't know about you, fellas. At that point, to me, I was like, oh, yeah, it's a matter of time. Like, Orlando kind of has them bent over a barrel because – they're going to have to pay him. I mean, you're, you're not giving up a first and a third round pick for one year. Like, you're going to you're going to have to extend it. He knew it. They knew it. And he's going to get broke off. He's going to be a top, I'd say, safe, safe bet five, probably top three, maybe higher uh, left tackle in the game. Uh, and he is going to be paid uh, because the Chiefs have to. They're not going to give up the, the, the draft capital they did. And he didn't stink. I mean, he was better than Eric Fisher, a pro bowler uh, there, and they're going to pay him. And if I'm a Chiefs fan, first off, it ain't your money. And they will they seem to figure things out. And obviously, with not having a signed Tyreek, they can do some things. But to me, like, I'm good with it. I don't know about you. If I would, My recommendation for Chiefs fans out there is to – this isn't one where – you're you're cringing and you're hurt and you're like no don't pay him that like I'm I'm cool with it I'm fine with it uh, I don't want them to pay him top of the market value like I don't want him to get that six year one hundred and forty million dollar deal that we saw for Trent Williams because if you were willing to do that I wish they just would have got Trent Williams because Trent Williams is the best offensive lineman in the NFL right now probably so if you were willing to go there like 
just get the guy that actually earned that money. And Orlando Brown, like, I guess earned ain't got nothing to do with it. He's up next, so he's going to get his money. Yep. If you get something closer to, like, the Ronnie Stanley deal, five years, $100 million, I think Chiefs fans should be thrilled. That That's probably where he's going to end up is somewhere in that 20 to $23 million range. That Ronnie Stanley, David Bakhtiari, Laramie Tunsil, that average annual value money, that that's probably what you're looking at. And my assumption would be he's probably going to be around 60 to $65 million guaranteed. So you're going to be locked in to three to four years at a minimum of Orlando Brown Jr. as your starting left tackle here for the foreseeable future. And the reason why I'm okay with it, Ron, is because you look at what you have at the other positions right now. Joe Tooney is a highly paid player. We know that. He's at $16 million uh, per year. But Creed Humphrey's at 1.4. Niang slash Kennard, those guys that are expected to start at right tackle, $1 million. Smith, $1 million. You add those all up, you're right around $15 million. You add in a $20 million per year player at left tackle, and you're still spending on your offensive line middle of the pack money on your O-line. And that's why I'm fine with it. You look at the Eagles, they're spending $60 million on their O-line. The Cardinals are at 55, Lions 50, Jets 48, Colts 48. These are some of the better O-lines in the league. The Broncos in your own division are at 47, and you're spending less than them despite paying top-of-the-money market for your left tackle. So because you hit on Humphrey and Smith and hopefully one of those two right tackles, it allows you to do something like this. Yeah, I, I, I just this would be my this would be my suggestion to, to folks out there who are struggling is like he is going to get the bag. He's going to get paid, right? And the Chiefs know that they're going to pay him. But please, we do this with players, and I understand with what contracts are. You just have to look at him and not try to force him to be the type of player that his contract may say. And I understand what, and I understand how frustrating that can be. But if you roll into this bad boy and say, all right, they got the money, this is a splurge that they could make because they had to fix that last year. All right, they had to. They had to. They could not have what happened in the Super Bowl again. They had to fix that, and that was the best option, and they knew. And he came in, and he played well, right? Not great. He's not a great player. Like, like, like just get that out. His contract, I understand, and I'm, I'm right with many people. I don't like to pay people great that aren't great, right? I, like, and, and maybe he could – begin to get there i don't know but i'm just going to be out realistic i think he's like he's a top not, 12 left tackle yeah somewhere football, in that range yeah. yeah left tackle pro football focus seems to have him in that range and has him as a good starter uh that could be a very good starter um but but and, and that's fine but to me like you just have to you have to think of him hey man this is a very good starter not a this is elite now he's gonna get paid i know his contract of money is gonna say elite and you're going to be – he gives up a sack to somebody and he gets used and abused like Trey Hendrickson did in, in, in that Bengals – in that playoff game against the Bengals in the second half. You're going to be upset. But he is a he is a, he is a good to very good player and very good left tackle, and you hope the second year he improves and feels more comfortable pass protecting in the way that they're going to need to. You hope they run the ball better. But just don't – try to force him into what the contract says. Understand what he is and take it for that. 
I just don't really understand the fans that are saying like, no, you can't pay him. Don't don't even consider it. Why would you pay him? Like make him pay on the franchise t- tag when you lost a Super Bowl because of this offensive line. So like the Chiefs want to make sure that doesn't happen again. And that's why they put that many resources in there. And, you know, I, I think that Orlando Brown got better as the season went on for the most part last year. And yeah, he's not an elite left tackle, but he's better than anything that you have. And you still have two guys on the interior in Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith, who could be even better this season, which I think helps the entire offensive line. And then, you know, we'll see about Kennard. He's, he's a guy that we're really hyping up, even though we, we don't really know that he's going to have a chance to be the starting right tackle. But if you can pay him, make him the three to fifth, three to five best or highest paid tackle in the NFL. I think that's a win. I, I that's yeah. huge. If you, I, as soon as you don't have to make him the highest paid guy in the league, I think you're happy with whatever else you get. Steve, though, I, I will jump in, sir. I, I think it is fair, though. I, I can understand. Like, as I said, man, I, I don't love paying people elite money that is that aren't elite that's that's how in many cases in salary cap sports you get yourself in trouble by doing that so i can understand fans are like hold on you guys are telling me and i'm telling you he is not elite he is there is there is a real distance between him and the trent williams of the world uh and the david uh, bakhtiari the bakhtiari um tristan Wirfs. Like, I mean, both sides, like Lane Johnson, if you're talking about right tackles, like there is a clear difference. He is not on their level. Like he's not on the level. Like I would tell you right now, he's not on the level of second year player uh, Slater with the Chargers. Like I think he's, he's better. Like he's not on it. So I understand fans like, hold on. You're telling me right now out of your mouth, he's not elite, but you're going to pay him elite money. Cause that's how a lot of teams get themselves in trouble by overpaying. I'm just saying the Chiefs have a situation where it's not going to cost them, I don't think, down the line to to pay him this. And I think the cost, and I think to what Serta is saying, the cost is greater to not have that position taken care of to at least somebody that's very good. And on top of that, what's the alternative? Like, okay, let's go down this path, right? Let's go down the path of Chiefs decide not worth it, shouldn't pay him big money right now. So you play him on the franchise tag this year. Then what? Like, what? what's the plan after that? Joke Do you, like, and that's not a plan. He's a left guard. You know, you got worse at two spots now. Like, Okay, so you're going to go out there and you're going to go to free agency. All right, cool. You're going to pay whoever that next guy is, Orlando Brown money, and you're not sure if he's going to be Orlando Brown in your system. Or you decide to go to the NFL draft. You know what the hit rate is on first-round offensive tackles? About 50%. 50-50 shot that you've got a good one next year. And that's when you're drafting high. The Chiefs are expecting to draft at the bottom of the first round. They fixed their tackle spot. They fixed it. And Orlando Brown Jr., the most important thing about him, and this is what Brett Veach absolutely loves. If we've learned anything about him, it is this. He is 25 years old. And if you lock him up long-term right now, you are locking in those prime years of Orlando Brown's career. So... This could be a six-year deal. He's going to finish the deal in his age 30 season. Man, do you know how much value there is for that? That is huge. You don't have to have those back-end years where you're worried about him breaking down the way that David Bakhtiari, speaking of him, has over the last year or two. Like You're looking at it. This year, if he plays under the franchise tag, that is $16 million guaranteed for him. We're talking right now about a guaranteed of 
like 40 to 50 million dollars at signing. That's and, half and, of it. And my last point on it is we also have to understand, like in watch, in a year, two years, like this ain't gonna seem like a huge as as big as a deal as it feels right now. It always does. The salary cap is going to continue to grow uh every year, and there are going to be people that jump over him. I remember the team I, I cover here in Houston when they signed Laramie Tunzel uh, a couple years ago. Oh, my God. You just gave him that much money. And now Laramie Tunzel doesn't even – I mean, and, I mean, he's been passed up in a major way by guys. And so so I, I think understanding the salary cap is going to shoot up. Uh, and, and, and it's just uh, people are always going to jump over him. And I would be shocked if he sets the market. So I don't think that I don't think that that'll be something that happens. I think he's going to want more than Ronnie Stanley. I think that's your target. Ronnie Stanley got in 5 years 98.75 million dollars. Ronnie Stanley was his former teammate. He's the guy that the Ravens decided to keep at left tackle over Orlando Brown Jr. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say the starting point is Ronnie Stanley's contract. If the Chiefs yeah. can beat that, that's where they've got to be able to get above and that gets you to 20 million dollars per year which should be fine. We'll see. It won't be Trent Williams. Or he can go to hell. Excuse me. I'm sorry, uh, Orlando. I'm just saying. No, I'm in it. If you're trying, to, if you're going to walk in there and try to say, uh, you know, not for real, go to hell. But go to hell uh, from that standpoint. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I, I, I want to I get this out. I, I feel like I already know Serta's answer to this, so I can't wait to hear it. So I want to start with you, you sexy chin, son of a gun. Thank you. Um, are you uh, are you buying this hype? Are you jumping on this hype, this hype Volkswagen? Because I don't think it's a train. Are you jumping on this hype, this hype Volkswagen with a uh, undrafted rookie Justin Ross? Now, I mean, all I saw, boy, he made a one-handed catch, and I mean, everybody's panties were excited. I mean, it was <laughs> it was insane. Are you are you jumping on 
this hype Volkswagen? I know why you're asking me because I'm usually the guy that is like yes to every yeah. wide receiver. Oh yeah, I've never points. I've never seen anyone pitch a tip <laughs> to wide yeah, receivers am, quite like you. I am obsessed with wide receivers. It's my favorite position. I I, I love wide receivers. I'm not really into the Justin Ross hype. Um, he's a player that I have said multiple times on this podcast network. I can't wait to see him at training camp. Like he is a guy that everybody's going to be paying attention to at training camp. Cause you can training camp. Well, it, it doesn't really tell you stuff. And there's always the guys that come out of training camp. You're like, Oh, that guy's going to be a contributor. And then he like barely makes a practice squad or something, but you can tell like when the dudes are, are legitimately different. Like when, you know, Tyree kill or even McCole Hardman, just because of how fast and explosive he was like early on when you go watch chiefs training camp practices, I need to see that from Justin Ross before I'm ready to buy into it. I, I think it would be absolutely incredible if he winds up being a fantastic player for the Kansas city chiefs, but I, I'm not really buying the hype. And I think we should be talking about sky more, a lot more than we are. No, oh, here, here, here goes the. You just said Sky Moore just to wake up BK. That's what you did. His <laughs> no, it's funny. Right I actually here. think. So I actually think that people are overhyping Sky Moore for what he's going to do in year one. It's so funny, man, because I love Sky Moore. I'm super excited about what he's going to be for the Chiefs. Yeah, I also know. know the history of rookies in Kansas City at that position and specifically under Andy Reid. Man, it ain't great. They don't typically contribute right away. Right away. So next year, I'm all in on the Sky Moore hype train. This year, I'm just not there yet. But speaking to specifically this hype surrounding uh, Justin Ross, okay, let's like I'm not in. I'm not on board with it. But let's assume that you are. What does okay. that mean? Like, mm. if you are believing the hype for Justin Ross. What are your expectations for him? Because I look at it. Can right I now, set? Can, can I set it at a shade under Demarcus Robinson? So like two hundred and fifty yards and three three touchdowns. Oh hell, is that what D Rob did? Damn, last year, yeah. He probably yeah, lost. He was bad it. last year. He probably That's lost twenty five yards just catching <laughs> it and stepping back. Damn. So the guys that I have definitively ahead of him in terms of the the likely target projections. Juju, MVS, McColl, Sky, Kelsey, Fortson, Clyde. That is what seven guys that are going to be ahead of him on the target chart. So the eighth highest target targeted player on the team. That's the guy I'm supposed to be excited about. Now, if you're excited long term, that's a different conversation. I understand it, and that's totally reasonable. But this year, he's at best your fifth wide receiver. He's going to be in probably a slightly lesser version of the Josh Gordon role from a year ago. So am I excited about what Justin Ross is going to be for you this year? No, not even a little bit, but that doesn't mean that I can't be excited about what he could be for you in years like three or four of this deal. All right. Uh, a couple of things from what you just said. One, I'm glad you're done with this white stallion nonsense of Noah Gray and that you didn't mention that. I'm glad we've uh, <laughs> we've we've stepped that. We've, they got Jody uh, we've coming stepped, back. We've stepped out. out of that. Um, Jody, Jody, Jody. Damn man, damn, you're alone. I mean, Serta could be <laughs> off on that. <laughs> I thought I was going to get Serta in on that. Uh, no, Serta generally will go, but yeah. he's he's tempering it. I gotta oh, see no. Jody's Achilles. Oh, Jody, <laughs> yeah, we'll see how he's moving. Achilles first. Really rub <laughs> that down. Here's my thing. Uh, with Justin Ross, 
I'm uh, I'm on the fence on this. I'm I, I'm closer. I want to see it. I want to see this a little bit. I, I I'm intrigued. I have the potential the potential to be bought in here through training camp. I, listen, like I said, the one handed catch that I'm, that I'm not impressed by that. I think there are a lot of players in the National Football League that can do that, right? I think Garrick Dieter can do it. But I'm not impressed. And why I use Garrick Dieter is I think he is the worst wide receiver in the National Football League in the last three years. So that if he can do it, I, like I'm not impressed. He, he's been active in like one NFL game ever. Rest my case. I listen. I look at Trey Smith from last year, and I'm not saying he is going to be that. But we just saw that last year, and I want to, I want to give it a shot because Trey Smith and Justin Ross, to me, are in a similar situation. Both of those cats, high school as seniors, as soon as they stepped on campus at big time college football uh, at Tennessee and Clemson, they were dudes. They were playing right away. It started as true freshmen. Like, they were guys that were high, high talent guys. When it then came to getting to the NFL, they were drafted, or in Justin Ross's case, not drafted, in a place where their talent doesn't actually match. They were still productive in college, and we know why Trey Smith dropped all the way to the sixth round, and I know there are plenty of teams kicking themselves that they didn't take a chance. But he had what was the issue he had? Was it something with the heart? Or what? talking about yeah. trade? Yeah, the heart. Yeah, yeah, the heart. And people were concerned by that. And so he drops all the way to the sixth round. And now we have the infused neck situation with Justin Ross, and people got scared off of that. But just like Trey Smith, Justin Ross has elite talent, right? This is a cat that his freshman year, we remember Trevor Lawrence, people talking about, oh, God, if he comes out after they beat the, beat Alabama in a national championship game, he would be the first pick. Well, on the other end of that, the person that was dominating was Justin Ross, and people were thinking he would be a first-round pick if he was a true freshman, right? And so that's the only space is I watched Trey Smith dra- draft stats drop based off of what you can understand the heart issue that people were concerned about. But he came in, and we saw that talent that he had that was top tier to show. I want to see if this is a similar situation with Justin Ross. Like right now, you you he could be where you're slotting him in terms of targets, but Justin Ross has more talent than some of these guys you're naming, right? Justin Ross has more natural talent. I'm not. I hate to say. It, I'm not saying he's got more natural talent than Sky Moore. Like he's. Disagree. Hard disagree. Well, you can hard disagree. And I'm just talking about the natural skills, (laughs) his natural talent. You can hard disagree if you want to. Just the things with his body and stuff he could do. He's got more talent. I mean, I I would bet more on Sky. I think Sky won't fall apart as quick, potentially. But I I think he's got more natural talent. And Josh Gordon, forget about it. Stop it. I don't know what – I don't know if he can go to a minor leagues or something, but – and he's not going to be a part of this thing. So, I mean, I, I like, I, I just want to see a little bit. I, I want to see here, is this a Trey, is this a Trey Smith type of situation where his talent comes out and the injury is something that they're able to manage? So the one reason why I think it's different, I think it's the biggest reason at least, 
is because of the path. If the Chiefs didn't sign uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling or Juju Smith-Schuster this offseason, I think there's a chance that what you're saying is 100% correct. And we see something similar to what Trey Smith did last year. Because then you've got McColl, Sky, and that third spot is wide open in your wide receiver position. That's not the case, though. You've got four guys that are definitively going to be in front of what Justin Ross, where Justin Ross will begin this year. Last yeah, year at left guard. Yeah. Last year at left guard, you had Larry the doctor who hadn't played football in a year. You had Andrew Wiley, who everybody wanted to move on from at, at guard. You had Kyle Long, who ended up getting injured very early on in the process. Who we there thought was, was going to be the starter. Who we thought was probably going to be the guy. There was a clear path for what you saw from Trey Smith to become the starter at guard. It's just different this year at wide receiver with the depth that they have created at that position. And that's why I can't go there with Justin Ross for year one. Again, if we're talking about year two or beyond, I'm willing to have that conversation because then maybe they see some stuff that they like, decide not to bring back Juju. Maybe they move on from MBS. I'm skeptical. I think he'll be here at least two years, but maybe they move on. And now you've got a wide receiver position where you've got Sky Moore. It does end up being Justin Ross, and maybe they bring in one other guy next year that's a more top-end type of player, and that's your top three. Okay, I can live with that. I just don't think it happens this year. I'm not telling you not to be excited about it. I just think maybe let's tamp down the excitement for what he's going to be in year one. I think it is more likely that he starts the year on the practice squad than on the active roster. And the biggest reason why is because if you're going to have five, six wide receivers, somebody in that group is going to have to be playing on special teams. We know they're going to want somebody to play special teams. And Justin Ross is not a special teams player. So I think they're going to be more likely. I know you're going to hate this. I think they're more likely to have Darius Fountain on this active roster week one okay, this than is just Justin now. Rice. Okay, this is just personal. <laughs> Come on, man. This is just it's personal. Not personal. He it is personal. Is a Dave he was a special teamer by the end of the it's year. An absolute, it's absolute personal. Dave Tobe gets input on the roster. He gets yeah, to pick a couple of those guys at the back end every year. Get out of here. Listen, all those things. He could be on the practice squad. That could be the plan. I just want to watch. Because there is one thing when you get to camp, OTAs, and training camp, if that cat's talent just starts to force you to have to rethink things, which I believe Trey Smith did last year, force you to have to rethink things, then, I mean, you got to – I mean, remember, we just – we were doing podcasts last year where that cat was just in there kicking ass. I mean, there was – I mean, nothing – I mean, he was out there just – there was something about him every week. I'm not saying – that he is going to do that, Justin Ross, but his skill set, his talent is capable of consistently turning heads if he's the same dude that was at Clemson. Who All has right. more yards this year? We'll finish it out on this on this conversation. Who has more yards this year, Justin Ross or Jody Fortson? Let's assume Fortson can play. Jody, easy. I'll go, I'll go Jody right now. I, I gotta get some, I'll get some training camp, but I, I mean, we'll see. Jody's we'll got happens with two seventy-five and five in him. Easy. Yeah, I think, and, and I think, and I think, and I think they'll probably use tight end a little bit more than they do they did before for double tight end sets, and especially since Noah Gray is out. Um, all right, uh, I, I do want to end this the podcast with this here. Somebody is going to have, especially for this Chiefs team, and I don't care what side of the ball it is. Somebody is going to have to break out. I think for this team to get to a, a spot where they want to get to, and that is the Super Bowl. That's what this is about when you have Patrick Mahomes. 
somebody is going to have to break out and go above what they have done previously. Like somebody's going to have to step on saying Pro Bowl, whatever, that'd be nice. But somebody is going to have to take their game to another level and have a breakout season. I'm scared of where you're going with this, so I don't want to hear this yet. Um, BK, where 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 would you go? If you had to think somebody is going to step up, a breakout player, a breakout season, who would it be? So I've got one that I want to get to at the end. We can do it very briefly, but just a guy that I would keep my eye on for this. But the one that I'm actually going with is Juan Thornhill. I want to see Juan Thornhill become the player that we saw him as at the end of his rookie year. He looked like he was about to be a Pro Bowl level safety. I Before thought that injury. was going to be in his future. And then just the last couple of years, for a million different reasons, it has not stuck. It has not clicked for him. I think it took a while in 2020 for him to come back from that injury. I think last year there was just something that did not click for him. I don't know if it was whatever, but he hasn't been the same guy since. If he can have a true breakout season this year and be a Pro Bowl caliber safety, I completely have to recalibrate the way that I'm looking at the back end of that secondary. Him with Justin Reed and maybe having Brian Cook as a contributor back there has the potential to be the best safety tandem that the Chiefs have had over the last decade or so. That is what it could be if Juan Thornhill becomes a Pro Bowl type of a player this year. And yes, I am saying even compared to what they had with Tyron Matthew, because while Matthew was excellent, you didn't really have a sustained period of time where he had a clear-cut, awesome player next to him. Juan Thornhill was going to be that. It was just a very brief period of time. So I would go Juan Thornhill as my guy that if I could lock in one breakout player for this season, it would be him. I need it. They, they, they could use that. It's his time now. There's no Dan Sorensen, uh, Steve's son, Spagnuolo's son. Uh, he's out. And, and you know, Justin Reed, he's the vet back there. Justin Reed is a good player, but he's the vet back there. So I, I like that out of Juan. Uh, the look on Serta's face still makes me apprehensive of going there, so I'm going to go. Um, my player to break out is, and I said it on the last podcast, I believe it. This is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's time. This is his time. And because of them having to do something different in the offense, I think he is going to be a major factor in the difference. We said, we said on the last podcast, in some form or fashion, this offense is going to have to change how they do business. And uh, there is no Tyreek Hill anymore. That threat is gone. The guys that were so vital, like a Demarcus Robinson, <laughs> they're out of here too. <laughs> I couldn't even say that. But but with Hill gone, and that is going to change a lot of the offense because un unlike Tyreek, Tyreek's belief, a lot of it ran through the things that you wanted to do with him. And I think Clyde is the guy. I, I think Clyde, I'm going to go bold here. I think Clyde is is a 1,300 guy from scrimmage. I, I, I think, I mean, he had, I know he had injuries last year, but he was like under 650 yards from, from scrimmage last year. I, I'm going 1,300. I think he is going to be a big part in the run and especially in the passing game. I've said that about him his first two years in the NFL. I know you have, but I feel like it's 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 his time now. There's there's now there's there's not there's not just there's one person now that we know walking into where you say he's got to get touches. We got to find a way to get him touches, and that's 
that's Kelsey. I think now it's spread around. All right, Steve. Did, who the, d- hold on before what? we get there. Did you guys see his comment that he was down to 160 pounds last year in the offseason? No. Clyde? Cl- Clyde said he had gallbladder surgery, which we knew. We knew he had gallbladder surgery last year. He said, quote, I was down to about 160 pounds, and before then I was getting my first reps of the offseason. Like, oh my. that That's feels just... kind of significant. That is not a playing weight. <laughs> By Edward Tolaire. I'm going I'm to be That's, honest. That's how much I, you at well weighs. I, I'm going to be honest, and, and Serta, you can do what you need to with this. Clyde's full of shit. There's no way Clyde <laughs> was 160 pounds. No, ch- what's his playing weight? I don't know. 210. Yeah, There's he's no way. Short. Get he's out of here. Short. I mean that. Oh, get pretty short. Who cares? He would have had to go on the diet that I went on. I lost 122 <laughs> pounds in 11. That ain't gallbladder. 160 pounds. If he wasn't able to work out and lost muscle mass, I mean, if, oh, if that is mu- real, muscle even if it mass. Was, was Ron, he, let's he, assume it was like 180, which is losing 30 strength. pounds. That's what that is. That, that that's not just gallbladder. <laughs> that is just yeah. Like, I mean, I don't think he probably did lose fifty pounds. That's he fifty just... pounds. Come on, man. Let's say it was pounds. Let's say it was thirty. Whatever it was, he was obviously down significant amount of weight, and he felt like it hindered him last season. If we can take him at his word that that was the case, not down to one hundred sixty pounds, but he was clearly not himself. This is kind of his first off season where he's like actually had a real off season. You had the pandemic, you had the gallbladder surgery last year, and now he's coming in in year three where he should understand the offense, should know what his role is. It should be more defined for him this year. My hope is that it's going to include more of the passing down work, like you said. It should be a big season for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And if it's not, it's just not going to happen here. Didn't yeah, he have 1,500 right here? He had surgery after his rookie year too, I believe. So he was like rehabbing an injury, trying to get back from that. But all right, you ready? You ready for mine now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was, I was, wait, I was waiting because you made such a big deal about it. I feel, I feel like you had to give me the go ahead. I'm going to pick a wide receiver that we haven't talked about yet. And that's Justin Watson. Really? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm not going to pick <laughs> Justin Watson. I think he's uh, more so likely it, to make the roster, by the way, than uh, Justin Ross. And okay. Patrick Mahomes. Can't stop talking about how fast that, that, that Justin Watson kid is. Uh, no, I don't actually think Justin Watts is going to have an impact. Um, I do think that I am talking myself into this more and more, and I'm willing to go as far as a guarantee that will you say it is going to have a really big season for the Kansas City Chiefs. I just who'd you say, McCall Hardman? Oh my, because. I like that. I just, the more and more I think about it and everybody's been asking me like, what do you do with the chiefs in fantasy? Like, which guy do you go with? Do you, do you go Juju or MVS or McColl or, or do you believe in sky more and take a flyer on Justin Ross or whatever? And it's like, well, the only guy you should believe in is Travis Kelsey right now. But McColl Hardman is, Going to be a bigger part of the offense, you would have to imagine, going into his fourth year. uh, He knows the offense better than anybody else at this point. We saw him have some success at the end of last season when they started utilizing him in different ways. And he's going to have an opportunity to take over that kind of Tyreek Hill role. And so I think that the opportunity is going to be there. And Patrick Mahomes' lack of trust in McColl, I think, is something that has always kind of affected 
what he's been able to do and, and how effective he's been on the field. Well, this season, he's not really going to have a choice. So I feel like he's going to have to trust McColl a little bit more out there. So that'll lead to more positive plays. And it's a contract year. Like McColl is looking to get paid. He just saw what Christian Kirk just got paid for in Jacksonville. McColl Hardman's like, I'm, I, I could be Christian Kirk. I can go, I can go get 16, 17 million a year. It's a contract year. He's going to step up his play because he wants to get paid. And there's no way he's going to be in Kansas city past this season. I like it. You know, I'm team McColl, obviously the guy who clearly uh, had the second most yards as a receiver on this team last year and, and, uh, and, and really broke through uh, McColl Hardman, who down the stretch was a, uh, was a big play waiting to happen. I'd, I'd say he broke through, but he I was better, he was he better the last through. quarter of the season. He was had more yards uh, than Sammy Watkins. Uh, so I, I, um, I, uh, I enjoyed, I enjoyed that. And I enjoy your pick. I think that's a good one. Do you think he, I, I think one of him or MVS has a really big year. I think it will be one of those two guys. And right they, now they do kind of the similar things. I would lean MVS. That's my only reason why I'm skeptical on the McColl Hardman thing is just, I think MVS is a more reliable version of McColl Hardman. And so I think McColl ends up doing more of that gadget stuff that's at the line of scrimmage and MVS ends up getting those big plays down the field that we're hoping right now that McColl ends up getting. And that was the other guy that I was going to take. I think there's a chance MVS ends up having more yards this season than Juju Smith-Schuster and has the most yards of any of the Chiefs wide receivers. So if I was going to take one on the offensive side of the ball, he would be my guy. Yeah, I'll, I'll take McColl. Uh, I, I, don't I, love, I don't love any of these options. Working <laughs> with what we got. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I yeah, I, I think I, I could see similar things, but I, I think also he's going to take over a lot of that extra stuff that all went to Tyreek like he's going to take over a lot of that as you said gadget stuff like that and I think I just think you're a fool if you don't use his speed down the field I mean he is now clearly I mean I know I know Valdez Scantling is fast I still I still think he is probably clearly uh, maybe not clearly he is still the fastest guy out there so I think it could be a fool to use him down there so I, I just think there's uh, to what Serta was saying he's got a lot of motivation and um and I think I think he could be he's got a clear role as almost the big play guy and whether that's that's gadget or whatever a big play guy and that can that can rack up if 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 that is if that is the case he is not as good as Tyreek obviously but uh, he is somebody that you got to respect with his speed so I don't know. That's uh, that'll be interesting to see. He is good, definitely be motivated, and and I think sort of if he even makes them think twice, if they're if they're gonna bring him back, like he's got to have a big time season, which they won't. Oh. But if he ever, if he even even wants to make them think twice about it, he's gotta he's gotta really pick it up. So would you say I nailed that one? It was it was pretty good. It was pretty good. I was scared. I, like your it's first your first thing you were the first name you said. I just assumed that was it. I just assumed that's where you were going. I wasn't even sure if you knew who Justin Watson was. I, I thought name. I, I thought you were going to say something like Colin Saunders, and I'd like to see if you how much you really have <laughs> on nine nine. Uh, I do want to leave the people on the podcast with this. If you were out there ordering this 
recently returned Mexican pizza from Taco Bell, it's okay for you to say it's not as good as it was before. You don't have to just go with it because you've wanted the Mexican pizza and you've loved it. The shell is different, I've heard. <laughs> you it's not as it? good. Or no, you haven't. Like I refuse. No. But I've heard people and I've seen a lot of photos of it. It's okay for you to not like it. You don't just have to say, oh, it's the Mexican pizza I've been wanting, I've been wanting. Because I think many people alone, they were disappointed. They were disappointed when they first had it. And it's okay for you to say that. Oh, man, we're out here helping folks. That right there. I've never had a Mexican pizza before. I think they're out of them right now. Like yeah, they're, they're, they're out of them. Again in a while because they're out of them. There are people, a lot of people driving through the drive line to themselves and saying, oh, we got to go back because <laughs> it's popular and I got to take my picture with the new Mexican pizza. It's Thank okay. You, you can be disappointed. You can be disappointed. Good about that now, guys. We got that up our chest. Oh, Great really show. Well. Yeah, it did. Great show, guys. Great show. We are out. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. Support for this show comes from Vanta. Dealing with loads of spreadsheets, juggling different tools, and having to do manual security checks, it can be a headache to keep up with today's compliance and security programs. Vanta is the trust management platform that wants to simplify things and bring all your trust-building efforts under one roof, making growth smoother for your whole organization. Vanta lets you automate up to 90% of compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more strengthen security posture and reduce third-party risk get one thousand dollars off vanta when you go to vanta.com slash vox that's v-a-n-t-a dot com slash vox for one thousand dollars off vanta